When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to puke. Uh, have your uh, top five targets can we do top five targets and people we're avoiding as yes. well all right okay because i have i know who my number one is for sure for oh, avoiding yes because of where he's going and it is absurd better not be baker mayfield you're gonna upset him no no I i'm avoiding like baker. i like him too i just you know he, I've seen him go in like round seven i've seen him yeah that's the thing he's gone he's all over the place fifth sixth round to like i've well, because some of the ECRs have him lower, mm -hmm. so people forget. That's the big thing with ECR is that <laughs> if they have him at 132, it takes the effort to go ahead and find him and pull him up and be like, I want this guy in this round. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then when we're saying who we're targeting in the draft, we don't mean we're not going to be like, oh, Saquon. Like, yeah, no shit, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Great philosophy there. No, like what you're getting at the value you're getting them. You know, that's that's when you really win fantasy. But one of the most important tips I can give about fantasy football, you never win your team at the draft, ever. So, like, your team... Waiver wires. Huh? Waiver wires, yeah. trades, everything like that. Like, you're just constructing the core of your team. Like, it's, all, it's never going to be as good as you think it is after the draft. Like, but that's when these people that we're bringing up now are the most important ones, other than your number first two picks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh... You guys want to go? Who wants to go first on this? Do you want me to go first? Or? You can go first. You can start it off. My uh, one of my top ones. I'm going to start from like kind of the bottom area, but or mid round area, which Anthony Miller, who because he was one of mine too. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. When uh, was he like towards the top or lower end? Well, because he's going, he's going, he's going like going round eight. twelve. Yeah, he's. It's weird that people give so much love for Pettis, and I, I still like Pettis, and I actually he's also I, on my list. I think that has to do with Garoppolo though. Yeah. Like I, th I mean, well, I think they're Allen Robinson is that okay. Anthony Miller's on the same team as Allen Robinson. And I think right. some people are expecting a bounce back from Allen Robinson, forgetting that Anthony Miller had seven touchdowns last year and is a ridiculously good route runner and can get, uh, can get vertical. Like it, he reminds me of Stefan Diggs. He had like, seven touchdowns up. last year. Yeah. yeah. But also I think another thing too, that people are down on him for is Trubisky. Oh, absolutely. Trubisky already has bad news coming out about him in camp because like, he looks inconsistent. He's having trouble making his reads, mm. and which is why Allen Robinson is going super late too. Uh, you guys, you got guys like Taylor Gabriel there, and Anthony Miller did just get hurt uh, last week in practice. Minor though, like he's not going to miss any time. But all the talent is there. Yeah, and I feel like he's going to get overlooked by defenses as well because he's not getting the number one and sometimes number two look on defense. And he balled out last year. And I think he can this year as well, especially with an improved running game. Like, he, he's going to have his moments for sure. Also, Nagy tends to scheme guys open very well. Mm -hmm. like, he's another guy who it's like, well, if we're going with Anthony Miller on this, we're going to get him going. We're going to go ahead and do some jet sweeps. We're going to get somebody on motion. He runs a lot out of the slot. And again, Trubisky seems to really target his slot receivers a lot. Mm -hmm. And even when they were running Allen Robinson, his best games last year were out of the slot. Mm -hmm. He was almost playing like a big slot role initially. So... With Anthony Miller, I think he's got great athleticism. He's going several several rounds later than Allen Robinson. I'm more willing to take the flyer on Anthony Miller than I am to take it on Allen Robinson. Mm -hmm. I've drafted him a lot in these mocks that I've been doing, and all of them are after round ten every single time. Yeah, he gets he falls down the list pretty quickly. And again, like out of the two guys that I really like coming out of last year, it was Anthony Miller and Dante Pettis. Both are ridiculously good route runners, but different types of route runners. One guy's a lot smoother, and the other one's kind of a more 
quick, hard cut yeah. kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, the difference between actually two teammates who I compare these guys to, Adam Thielen and, and Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Both are great route runners, <clears throat> totally different style. Yep. And I just think that Anthony Miller has a elite athleticism to go along with that. Mm-hmm. That is similar to Diggs and Thielen. Now I think Dante Pettis is way more athletic than Thielen, though. But uh, Yeah, I agree. So uh, did you did you have another one or do you have one? But for like I'm tar- uh, for who we're targeting. Well, yeah. the first one that I like to bring up is Carry On Johnson. Carry On Johnson. I'd be very comfortable if he was my number two running back. Assuming in the first round, I try to get one of those real top tier running backs, like maybe a Saquon Barkley. If you have the first round pick, I think he's the consensus overall. Mm-hmm. But um, but to some people, you never know. Gronkowski went number one in a couple leagues I was in last year. So <laughs> just just for frame of reference of knowing the league you're in, but um. I was in 17 leagues. Uh, no, but I started. So, Carrion Johnson is my guy, and I think this is the year he takes that next step. He's also shown the ability to get him involved in the passing game. Um, he seems like a complete running back. I liked him coming out of college. I wish he would have gotten more opportunities last year. Mm-hmm. She would have stayed a little bit healthier, stayed on the field, but I think um, we see the big jump. And also, because I really thought Amir Abdullah was going to be the guy a couple years ago, and. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be right with Another this guy team. Like issues. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, there's an example. What round are you willing to take Harry on in? Because he's going in that third, sometimes even late second round third. range. I would be willing to take him in the third. I mean, it again, if I start to see a run on running backs earlier than that. You're going to this year. Yeah, it, it, it's I, – I don't know that I would take him in the second. I don't know that. Even late second or no? It depends on – look, if there's one of those stud receivers there, like yeah, another sure. guy that I'm targeting, I don't mean to segue right into another one because I'm just stealing everyone's thunder, no, but Juju Smith-Schuster is my guy that I think is a number three receiver this year. I think it's arguable that it's Hopkins, Michael Thomas, and Juju, and maybe Julio right behind them, I believe, this year. And that's how high I am on Juju. So if Juju is there in the second round, and so is on Johnson, I'm taking Juju. I mean, I've always been a receiver-heavy guy. I'm trying to change up my style a little bit because it hasn't worked for me too much in the past. But I'm also comfortable with the fact that maybe people won't be going so high on Carryon Johnson. So, Well, he's coming off of an injury. There's a lot of other guys getting a lot of hype. But he's mm-hmm. still going in that second to third round range, yeah. and I think that's that's fair. I think that's the end of the second I'm willing to take him, especially if I'm – if I don't see somebody in that third, like I see a lot more receivers falling into that second, that third round range, mm-hmm. I'm way more likely to take Carry On Johnson because I know there's gonna, especially at the end of the second round, you have a third round pick that's coming up soon. Yes, it's all kind of based off of where you are. I Carry On Johnson to me is probably good in that area. I wouldn't take like you're not taking the top fifteen though. No, no. So, uh, did you have another one or you want? Marcus Mari. No, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Juju, I would consider taking top fifteen. So he, he's going top 15 yeah. a lot. But no, one guy I love to look for because he's going late, like round eight-ish, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman? Yes. He's reunited with Kyle Shanahan, mm. who he was played under in Atlanta and thrived in a backup role. Jarek McKinnon is hurt mm-hmm. again. So Coleman is going to be considered to be the number one back. Yes, he's going to have to take split touches with Matt Burita sometimes. Right or when McKinnon comes back healthy, they'll get over, they'll get over that. Yeah, like he's not gonna lose significant time to Burita, and then not only that, but he's a very good pass catching back, as you've seen in the Atlanta offense that Shanahan constructed, uh, in a team that has more receiving options now than they have in a while, and a good quarterback coming back, albeit from injury, it's still somebody I believe in. But Tevin Coleman, he's going later than he should. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't want him as my running back one, but if I can have him as my running back two or even my flex option, that means I have two really good wide receivers and a really good running back. And I just think the value he gives you as a runner and a catcher is just phenomenal in a good offense, what should be a good offense, that he knows. Because mm-hmm. that's usually the knock on people when they come to a Shanahan team is it takes them a while to learn that offense when he already knows it. Mm-hmm. I, just, I feel like he's going to have a really good year for fantasy and actuality. So he, I, I like him more as a pass catcher than I do a runner. Like He seems to have vision issues sometimes and will run into his blockers a lot. And not in that, like... That's uh, also because Atlanta had a hard time creating holes for people to run through as well. Well, when Shanahan was there, even, when he was when he was coordinating, they were... Like, last year, yeah, they had a hard time with getting holes open because their O-line seemed to have taken a step back towards the end of the year. And people age out. But even earlier on, he seemed to have vision issues. Now, maybe it'll clear up, maybe being in Shanahan's offense again and having Get some new contacts. Get, yeah, maybe that, that's true. Yeah. Or, or gets glasses. Yeah, LASIK. Maybe he doesn't even have... Yeah, LASIK. yeah he was LASIK. I mean, hey, it's 2019. podcast is brought to you by LensCraft. <laughs> Use promo code DRAFTICE. <laughs> so, uh, next guy I have up on my list is Carson Wentz. I feel like he's kind of going relatively. He's going in that nine range, mm-hmm. but like instead of wasting, like not wasting, but instead of spending a, an earlier pick on Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield, or a much earlier pick on Deshaun Watson, like Deshaun Watson's going top five rounds. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And, and Mahomes is going top three. Mahomes. So why not take the flyer on the guy who was a number one quarterback two years ago? MVP. And he's going later than those guys, and is athletic and has. The most ridiculous amount of weapons around him, like is on a, you know, he's got again Miles Sanders we were talking about earlier. He's also gonna, you know, he's got JJ Arcega Whiteside who they just drafted as well. I hate that guy. <laughs> Are we elaborating? Or are we just gonna just keep going? On? I'm, a, I'm an Oregon fan, and he uh, destroyed us last year. I just thought you know you were at a bar and he wasn't very nice. <laughs> I mean, you were in California for a bit, so you never know. I was I was Southern California though. Okay. Um, I might have fucked his sister. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has Alshon Jeffrey still. They got uh, Deshaun Jackson, Nelson Aguilar. Like, that receiving core is deep. You're also forgetting two talented tight ends in Ertz and Godair. Yeah. Yeah. And Ertz, man. If Dallas didn't yeah. have Ertz on his well, not team. Not both of them, but, I mean, yeah. especially Ertz. Oh, yeah. If wow, Ertz wasn't man. there, Dallas would be like uh, an elite tight end that people would be drafting in the top six yeah. rounds this year. Yeah. But they also said that about Trey Burton. But uh, They anyway. did. Well, that was I think that was more of a hype thing that he had that that fill-in role but like from like actually watching Trey Burton Trey Burton was kind of like still a move tight end Dallas Goddard can play all all three spots I can play as a blocking tight end can be down on every down I you know the question is is when are they gonna eventually move on from Ertz if they ever mm-hmm. do because he's still got a long contract ahead of him so uh I just like Carson Wentz. I think that there's a lot of opportunity there for him to be the number one quarterback. Yep. And when you're not taking him in the top seven or eight rounds, you're getting depth at other positions. Yep. Yeah. The only problem, too, is you, that you see in drafts is you know Mahomes and Watson are going to go early. But when, like, that round seven or eight comes around and guys like Matt Ryan and, and Cam Newton start coming off the board – then everybody realizes, oh shit, quarterbacks are going, and then like that, it goes on a run. Yeah, monkey see, monkey do, and you almost <laughs> have you have no choice but to join in because the five other guys, you know, five other guys are doing the same thing, and you're like, wait, I'm not going to get the guy that I had valued there, or maybe that if you were targeting this person. But that's where it comes down to, like, if you, 
knowing your board mm-hmm. and knowing your draft and saying, you know what, it's not worth taking Carson Wentz in the sixth round. It's not worth taking him in the seventh round because I can get player X, Y, Z. I can probably get Miles Sanders if uh, you know if people are going on a weird quarterback run straight through. And you know the the replacement value that you're going to get out of a guy later on, say Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, like even like the most basic. And Lamar Jackson could easily go because he's a running quarterback and end up being a lot better than what he's being drafted at. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, more I saw of a late round guy than anything else. I've seen people actually had him a lot higher than I thought because of that. I'm assuming they're well, going to have also, a lot in the playbook for him running primarily. Well, also his, if they uh, want to win, he's got uh, Greg Rome as his. Uh, as his offensive coordinator, who was the offensive coordinator for Tyrod Taylor, Colin Kaepernick, and those guys had uh, like great fantasy years mm-hmm. when they had the same offensive coordinator. So, I, I can understand people going for Lamar Jackson later on. I would now again another guy who I wouldn't take. This Tyler isn't Murray, this isn't one of your targets. Though. No, let's it's just not. make that very clear yeah, before no, you know people targets. shut this off. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, because I, I I can't put a, a Baltimore Raven as a target. Really? No. Unless it's for a shooting. I'm just talking about <laughs> <laughs> Not my words. <laughs> but knowing your, the value of those players is important, even for targets, guys who you go, maybe I take them a round earlier than he's going. I'm not taking them three rounds earlier. Like I was saying before, on Johnson being a target, are you willing to take them maybe a little bit earlier than he's technically going? The, I just want to make a note. This guy's not one of my targets, but like I was thinking about Baltimore Ravens that I would talk. I do like Mark Andrews. I just don't like his situation yeah you know what i mean like i don't expect lamar jackson to be throwing him a whole bunch of touchdown passes but i do like his skill set yeah i think on another team i wouldn't even hesitate to put him in my targets of list i mean doesn't it suck that a lot of these teams seem to have more than one tight end but then you're not you can't like trust them like right with the eagles they have the two that you can't trust and now you're not gonna be able to trust uh Dallas until Ertz is gone, mm-hmm. and you can't trust uh, Mark Andrews. And they have like seventeen tight ends. Yeah, too. no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have like all, that, Max Williams and that other dude. Uh, I don't remember his name. You know what? He's got the long, yeah, the long red hair. Yeah, they also run the ball one hundred and thirty-two times a game. Correct, it's fucking insane. But Mark Andrews was efficient when he was yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the thing? I thought it was fake until I tried it. If you Google. Lamar Jackson can throw. Google says, "Did you mean Lamar Jackson can't throw?" <laughs> <laughs> it is hilarious. That's amazing. No, I did not hear about that one. I want him to be good. I did like him in college, but I just from what I've seen so far, unless it doesn't seem to be trending in that direction where he'd be making that adjustment. But I could be. I'm not. You know, I'm just some guy. So who's uh who's uh either one of yours next target? So I've said two people already. All right. You've said what one? Yeah, I'm going to stick with San Francisco and the quarterback discussion. I'm going to go Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. He is, uh, unless you're in a 2QB league, he a lot of the times I've seen some mock drafts, he doesn't even get drafted. Yeah. He is going after guys like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott. He's going after a lot of these guys and because there's still a lot of question marks that come with, with Garoppolo because – he had that really good second half season in 2017 when he went to San Fran, and that got him a lot of hype where he was getting drafted super early last year. And then he, you know, he would have a good game here, an okay game there. It seemed like he was struggling to fit into the offense, but he was still performing. Then he got hurt for the whole season. Yeah. And now it is does he know the offense yet? Um, is he going to be better after this injury? You know, he's got a lot of brand new wide receivers who are young, 
talented but young and it's like there's a lot of unsure in garoppolo but i'm pretty sure because he's he's an intellectual quarterback and i can guarantee you even though he was hurt he was studying that playbook with shanahan he was sitting down with shanahan talking about yeah. it they've got good pieces around him george kittle's the best tight end in the nfl right now word um dante pettis you guys talked about him earlier I'm not so sure how he's going to be because he's still getting a lot of preseason work, which mm -hmm. tells me he hasn't solidified his spot yet. Mm -hmm. uh, Marquise Goodwin is coming back, who Garoppolo was in love with in 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, you got um, Debo Samuel there now. Like, I like him. And Jalen Hurd. And yeah. Jalen Hurd. He, he's actually been playing really well in the preseason. Right. And it, like a good, good enough running situation, an improved offensive line, what should be a better defense so they're not going to just have to sling it in a hopes anymore. But I just feel like for the value you can get him at, because you can get him so late, mm -hmm. and you're going to have – if you go late on quarterback, that means your skill positions are going to be rostered very well. And even if you want to take him as a QB2, possibly, that's good bench depth, or even as your QB1. He does have yeah. an early bye week. It's week four. But I just, I'm a big believer in a Shanahan offense that has a talented quarterback, which he is, regardless of what you want to say. And I just, for the value, I'm, I'm loving where he's going. And I'll yeah. follow up on that just because I, I completely agree. Like, just to put it this way if he was my QB1, I wouldn't even be worried. And I'm no. like, this is fine. This is absolutely fine because this is also my strategy. I don't value quarterbacks that high. I usually, you know, half the times the guys that I draft, I end up starting the guys that I picked up off the waiver wire anyway. Yeah. You know, so. Especially at quarterback. I've had a couple of years where I know I was playing the guy who I didn't draft. Yeah. No, exactly. And, 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 but I think that he, you know, he does the right things. You know, he has the ability to execute those things and put them into practice. And he's got the coach that will be on him about that as well and create opportunities for them so and the best receiving talent around him yeah. since he's been there correct i mean i yeah that's why i'm saying that like just to to piggyback of what you were saying at qb1 he would be my qb1 i would have no problem with that yeah and i would also, be very confident with my team going in he adapted to shanahan's offense really quickly mm -hmm. and he's basically free he's going like <laughs> yeah what? he's going that round right before defenses start to fly off the board right so uh, we're down to the, each other's third. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you you got it? Or? Yeah, I got it. Well, so you guys aren't going to be shocked by this one, but a big one on mine is Nick Chubb. Mm. And this is a guy who I'm willing to take top of the second round, like a round higher than a lot of the spots are taken. And now he's going higher again, too. Mm -hmm. Like Cause Duke Johnson got traded. But I don't even think that like that didn't really change anything because if you watch the Browns last year, which not a lot of people, you do were always a believer in him, Nick Chubb. Yeah, yeah. well, because they didn't utilize Duke Johnson when he was there last year. So why would I think that Duke Johnson was going to really affect no, Nick I didn't. Chubb? Yeah. Now the question comes down to I know a lot of people are worried because they don't know about the situation with Kareem Hunt. Now if if Nick Chubb is a bust, he's a bust either way. But that that means like. If, if they made it 10 weeks and the guy who's been lugging the mail has been good the whole uh -huh. time, are you really going to take him out and be like, yeah, we're going to stick the new guy in? Guy mm -hmm. who, yeah, we like him, but that's because the you know we signed him to a cheap contract and we're going to get control over his rights for the next two years. Yeah, and I think Nick Chubb could put him out of work. I, I just think that he – last year it was frustrating not even having him on the team, seeing the fact they were kind of going back and forth with like Hyde and like it just – use Nick Chubb. 
Yeah, he's fine. He, he performs oh, he's well when he's in there. I think you Hyde. had both of them on your team or something. I remember. Yeah, and I was targeting him everywhere I could last year. I'm sure it was frustrating. What you know, not being you know, if they didn't play Nick Chubb at the right, they didn't give him the certain amount of carries he needed in that game. I mean, but even with little ones that he did, he would pop, you know, and put up a good amount of points. Well, that's the thing. He played, I think he did three carries in the Oakland Raiders game, yep. and he got like 150 yards and two touchdowns. I know. I remember seeing that and being like, what? So, for me, I, I like Nick Chubb. I think a lot of the arguments against him, the one argument I actually have against him is the knee thing that we were talking about earlier about with the Georgia running backs. I actually do worry about the knee a little bit, but I don't worry about that as much as, like, it, there hasn't been an issue recently. Yeah. So, I'm not as worried about it than, say, because he's played a few years since that injury. Right. But my worry with Kareem Hunt is, yeah, if he sucks, then Kareem Hunt's going to come in and take the workload. But he'd have to suck first. And the other worry I do have with Nick Chubb is the offensive line. Mm. And they've had a couple of question marks there with the offensive line. But he's even gotten better as a pass catcher. So he's getting balls out of the backfield. There was one ball he caught last year where he caught it on the next guy's head mm -hmm. behind him and goes into the end zone for a touchdown. Like, I have no worries with him as a pass catcher, as a running back, as a three-down back. So my worry with him is two things. The offensive line, potential slight red flag for the injury, but not really because he hasn't had any issues with it. And the offensive line's a real question, and it seems like they're trying to get it sorted out, but they still have the right guard spot to figure out. And that, But it's the same issue. But you're, I'm looking at him in the same spot I'm looking at Joe Mixon. Mm -hmm. And I have a hard time differentiating which one I want to take. Now, I saw Joe Mixon behind a bad offensive line last year, and he still played pretty well. Mm -hmm. But he's now even on a worse offensive line, so there's questions with that. And a worse offense in general. Well, they're not going to have A.J. Green to start the year, but they didn't have A.J. Green at the end of the year last year either. And they, they, he still was productive in games without Cordy Glenn, without without uh, Billy Price. Like, he still finds ways to be productive. Yeah, but, it, like, the eye test, he looks good. But I was listening. I'm not going to take credit for looking into this shit. I got not enough time on my hands. But, like, draft analytics, like, in-depth ones, he was outside of the bottom 15 in, like, yards after first contact, um, uh, efficiency with open holes like he had like the like he was outside the top 15 in a lot um so he didn't have a lot of open holes either the last year like that offensive when line he did he wasn't efficient with them he was outside of the top 15 is what i'm saying but and yards like, and yards after first contact can be a little misleading because yard after first contact if you're getting met in the backfield you're not getting the chance to speed up whereas a guy who's break it already has wide open holes going through and is at full speed you can't just take him down with an arm tackle. Mm -hmm. No. So there's certain statistics that when you're like, I, I weigh them, I weigh them after watching and and weigh them with like, okay, I, I worry more about the offensive line and the long, the long, uh, run blocking than I do with him being a player because I've seen him play. His <clears throat> he's a great pass catcher. He's probably Are you talking Mixon or Chubb right now. Mixon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, honestly, I would have had Mixon on the list except I I didn't feel like. I wanted to put two guys in the top 15 spot next to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why he's not a target of mine. But I see value in Mixon, and that's where but that's where I'm lining up is how much more do I have Nick Chubb than Mixon or how much lower do I have Nick Chubb than Mixon? Mm -hmm. And I feel just as uncomfortable about Mixon's O-line as I do about Nick Chubb's, but not as much because he still has at least a couple of pro bowlers on that O-line, at least one, and one who probably should. J.C. Trevor's still good too, but they're missing Zeitler. So who goes at the next one? I'm gonna go stick. I'm gonna stick with the running back theme uh, after Carry On Johnson. I'm targeting Marlon Mack. I've been believing in him for three years now. That I've been paying attention to him, and I just think that when I look at body control, vision, quickness, and balance, 
He has all of those things. Mm-hmm. Right? And every year I keep waiting for him to put it together and be that big play threat. He reminds me of Jamal Charles when he was in his prime. I mean, he's kind of a discount Alvin Kamara in some respects. I think he puts it all together this year. And I think he just needs to stay healthy. He needs to stay on the field. They need to scheme up plays for him to get involved more. But I think that his those four things for a running back are super important to me. You know, 10-yard dash over 40-yard dash in terms of exploding through the hole. I think he has all of that. A big good thing, too, that he has, he's on a good offense. Right. If Luck is healthy, he's on a good offense. Right, and I think he gets involved in the passing game as well. So, Well, if Mac is healthy, though, too, because Mac was not healthy at all last year. And well, didn't that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm saying he needs to be healthy. Oh, uh, you're talking about the center. Oh, no, no, no. no. That, what are you talking I'm talking about Marlon Mack. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, I'm saying his, yes, his if he needs to be healthy. Health, though, but he's consistently not been healthy. I know, and that's that's what's frustrating me. And yeah. this might be the last two raw that I have for really believing in this guy. There's some guys that I ride with every year, and they kind of, oh, they show flashes and they disappoint. There's other guys that I throw off right away. Like, I was high on Mixon, now I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, one and done. But I'm high on Mal- Marlon Mack for the third or fourth year in a row, and I'm hoping it pays off finally. Also, too, um, before he got injured, if he if he produced at the same way he was producing, he would have led the league in yards and it would have been third in touchdowns. So the talent is there mm-hmm. and, and the opportunity. He just has to be on the field. And like we were saying with quarterbacks, when I think that Andrew Luck is an elite-level quarterback. I think they rise everybody else's stock up around them, particularly their running backs. Yes. Changing audibles, putting them in the right position to succeed Mm -hmm. that's important you know changing the call the run call to the left when it was a pass to the right you know and it it frees up you know an unblocked defender for him to take care of you know it's not two on one Mm -hmm. you know little things like that that make all the difference in the world shane you got one evan ingram uh he had a disappointing year last year because eli sucks ass but well beckham is gone all right uh saquon's still going to do saquon things Shepard is going to be the number one receiving option, but their number two receiving option is going to be, who is it, Latimer? Corey Latimer? Yeah. Cody. Cody? What, see, it's I don't even know his name, right? Like, he was drafted by the Broncos. The only reason right. I know him. Or, yeah. Isn't there also Russell, Russell Shepard? Yeah, but he's not. He's like he's the, like a special teamer guy. He's yeah. not even like a real. That's <clears throat> what I'm saying. And then Golden Tate's out for the first four years or four weeks. I'm wow, dude. Yeah. They came down hard on His him. His career's over. <laughs> yeah. He took all the steroids. No. Um, <laughs> no. That's what he gets for trying to have kids. Yeah, yeah, right? No. How dare you decide to try to use these drugs to go ahead and have children? Didn't he learn from John Jones? Dude, no. <laughs> or Anderson Silva. But, like, um, that damn Cialis. He's... Evan Ingram is basically just a huge wide receiver. Like, he plays out of the tight end mm-hmm. spot, but he's a pass-catching, predominantly tight end. He does have some drop issues, but I feel like he's going to get a lot of targets, much more this year, uh, with the way defenses are going to scheme around Saquon. I think he has a lot of opportunity and talent to match. Even if Eli does get pulled and they bring in Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones already targets tight end a lot, as we've seen in camp and preseason which is a very, tr- very common thing for a rookie quarterback to do. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's young, he's talented, he, he's athletic as hell, and I just feel like he's going to have a top five tight end year this year. Yeah, and I don't disagree in terms of his uh, physical ability. You know, you stack him up there in shorts with everybody with the same quarterback and whatnot, I think he's, you know, he fits right in. But 
I'm more comfortable, to be honest, with Daniel Jones playing than I am with Eli Manning because I think Eli Manning is sliding. And I'm not that I'm not high on Daniel Jones, but I just mean that rookie quarterbacks bad, falling on the tight end. I know, but a rookie yeah. quarterbacks falling on the tight end. I think that if Daniel Jones was announced the starter, I'd be a little more comfortable with Evan Ingram. But I think that so much of their play does have to do with the quarterback, and I am not on the Eli Manning bandwagon in the I'm, least bit. Yeah, no. But tight end is just one of those things, too, that I'm not comfortable. Like, you're going to be extremely comfortable with Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle, right? Mm -hmm. But then outside of that, you're kind of like, oof. Like, yeah. You're really hoping for the best in that situation. But I don't want to spend draft capital on Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle because they're all going in the first four right. rounds. Mm -hmm. And I think he's as talented as some of those guys. I think well, it's just what situation. Round are you, what round are you willing to take Ingram in? I've been getting him in six or seven. All right. And yeah. I already have a really good – I have a good running back or wide receiver core at that point. So it's like I can either continue to add depth, get an elite quarterback, or finally get a potential top five tight end to, to make my starters advantageous over another team most likely. So, yeah. What round were you willing to take Marlon Mack in? The fourth. Fourth. Ooh, he's, is he going that late, though? Uh, I think it's like top of the fourth area. It, de it depends on who's going ahead. I have some well, I have, have Carryon Johnson ahead of him. Uh, there are some other like you know wide receiver targets that I'd have ahead, but fourth round is where I would begin to look for him. To be yeah. honest, if he's not there, it's not there. Yeah. You know, but that's like you said, you stay true to your board, and if you think that he's valued at a fourth rounder and he'd be good value there, but somebody says, hey, no, I've loved Marlon Mack my whole life. I'm going to draft him in the first round. Fine, go ahead, do your thing. It's not going to make me panic. Or that one person in your league who doesn't show up on draft day. And the auto pick. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ruins everything. I that, hate it. Yeah. We've had that a few times in a couple <laughs> leagues, and that's always like, uh, a guy who should be falling, and you took him. Yeah. Without so, even knowing who he was. Damn auto pick. All right. So I got one that's a kind of more of a sleeper guy, but uh, it's Darwin Thompson on the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm -hmm. And he's going late, and I like him already better than Carlos Hyde, and I don't think Damian Williams is that much of a, that great of a player where he is totally insurmountable, and he's just never had a full like control over an offense. So I don't know. I think you know Andy Reid might go ahead and take this player who, you know, yeah, he's gotten some preseason hype a little bit, but also it reminds me a lot of the the year Kareem Hunt came out. Mm -hmm. Spencer Ware was still on the team and he got injured. Had Spencer Ware. And also keep in mind, Darwin Thompson's going late. Like he's going like double-digit rounds. Yeah, so you you're just taking drafted. a flyer. Yeah. It's you know you stick him on your bench and see what happens. You're not drafting him to be a, a starter. He he can uh, catch out of the backfield. He's a bit more solid. Again, actually kind of reminds me of a discount Kareem Hunt. And mm -hmm. they seem to just do this a lot of the time. Anyways, they take running backs and they turn them into something. Yeah. So with Damian Williams, if Damian Williams doesn't end up being the guy. And there's just certain things Damian Williams doesn't do particularly great. And they have both. They don't they have a Daryl Williams as well? Donnell Don Williams, Williams or whatever his name is. They also got Robin Williams as well. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, so I, I think as far as a, like, everybody loves the Kansas City Chiefs offense, that's a guy I'd take a flyer on. I'm, I'm targeting him in every draft I can just because it's uh, – listen, if he ends up being something, you might just want your league yeah. with an extra RB1 or at least high-end RB2. I agree with that. No arguments here. I'm staying away from rookie running backs, so go ahead. But oh, yeah. Entirely? Entirely. Just no rookies. No. The no rookie league. No. And I, I, have to, I have to live up to that, too. If, like, Josh Jacobs becomes, like, you know, week one, he has 200 yards and three touchdowns, I can't pick mm -hmm. him up on the waiver wire. I'm saying that right now. I won't do it. He won't be on the waiver wire. 
He's going. He's getting drafted in like second round. Well, I'm not drafting. No, I'm not either. If this guy goes for 200 yards in the week one, I'm not picking him up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you guys have any more? Eckler, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Oh, you? Yeah, all right. Just because. Mojo hates him. He's he's a good pass catcher. He can run the ball when he needs to. Yeah, he runs hard. Mm-hmm. He's I like small. Him. Uh, he uh, Jackson is going to take runs from him, but Gordon's not going to be there. Eckler proved when Gordon was absent last year yep. that he can get you some fantasy points. So I'm just going to. He helped me a lot. Oh yeah, me too. I picked him up, and in DraftKings he's cheap. So I'm just going to keep it short for that because we're run, like mm-hmm. running long. Yeah. yeah, opportunity, and he can capitalize on it. I'll just end with Sam Darnold. He's looking real. He's looking real. I think he takes the next step. And then I have just one more. Uh, Valdez Scantling, very late round. Wide receiver two out of Green Bay. Uh, Devontae Adams is going to get all the elite coverage because he is an insane wide receiver. And Valdez Scantling, I feel like, is better than Geronimo Allison and will get a lot of targets his way. In case you have a 30-wide receiver league, Tanner McAvoy, look out for him. Uh, I I like Marquez Valdez Scantling. He's got a... Showed up at the end of last year very well for uh, for Green Bay, and like we were saying before, good offenses, good players, good quarterbacks. You kind of want to take guys who are attached to them, and the wide receiver too on Green Bay is very valuable. And you're probably not spending a lot to get MVS. No, you could get them late, late, late. So, no thoughts on McAvoy and Tanner McAvoy. I mean, yeah, if you're in a special teams league, sure. I'm just saying one for one this year with a touchdown, like 27 yards. And did you say you want you had a? Um, red flags as well, or guys you, you want to avoid completely? Yes. If you want to do that, you want to do that now? Yeah, we'll do that now. I'll split them later. Okay. Uh, so you just kind of touched on him when you brought up Thompson yeah. from Kansas City. I'm staying away from Damian Williams. Yeah. This guy's going in the first four rounds, mm-hmm. which is absurd. And it's only because of how he – it's that recency bias because mm-hmm. of how good he looked at the end of last year. That was because he was on an already high-flying offense, all right, where it was completely worried about Mahomes. Nobody believed in him, and he capitalized on it. Is he mm-hmm. going to have moments where he looks good this year? Yes, but he's never got more than 13 rushes a game ever, especially in Miami where he was awful. Mm-hmm. And then Andy Reid's already come out and said that it's going to be a running back by committee, which is the worst thing you want to hear in terms of fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, he's just somebody I'm not willing to spend our top four pick on somebody who, ne- who doesn't get the volume and is going to be in a split carry system. I just, I don't want anything to do with it. For sure. I get that. I totally understand that. Uh, I don't think I'm taking him given where he's going. I could see somebody take him in like a, a round later if you need an RB2 and you're, you're in that spot of, well, all the good ones are gone all the ones that have that that top five upside but the way i kind of do my my split it goes like the top 15 guys and then the wide receiver ones and then into the even goes into the wide receiver twos a bit so uh i with damon williams he the, he fits that scheme really well and they seem to and like you were saying before that offense was crazy good last year i i almost would have him ahead of marlon mack because he's going to be in a timeshare, too, with Naeem Hines, and they even stuck in Jordan Wilkins at points. Like, they they rotate guys out. So I'd have them in that same category of Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, and uh, Damian Williams. I don't see why particularly I like one over the others. Except- I, just, 
I just think Mac's a better player. I think mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, you take all that scheme and all that stuff away from. Him. I know it's important, but if you were to line those guys up and say, you know, you're playing pickup football in the backyard. Issues. What Mac has some major vision issues sometimes. I think it's a lot field. better. No, I mean, I I disagree. I think his vision's good. I do like his vision. I've seen him. I mean. I think he's he's definitely that was the area he needed to improve mm-hmm. over the past couple of years more so than everything else. But I, if I'm lining these guys up, I'm like, okay, I want you. It's not mm-hmm. even close. You know what I mean? The other guys, the right fit is what really matters to them. I think that Marlon Mack can succeed if you just give him the ball and give him enough chances. I think he's that caliber of athletic specimen. Uh, for my red flag, it's Kyler Murray. He's going way too early. He's going top 10. He's going ahead of Russell Wilson, which, like... Is he? It, yeah, he was going ahead of Russell Wilson in a lot of drafts. And think about it like this. Like, I think it's like the mystery box, like, from uh, Family Guy, where it's like, it could be... Like, or was it, uh, the Family Guy had that, the episode where he's like, he's on the game show, and it's like, oh, you want a boat? Or you could have the mystery box. And he's like, oh, the mystery box. The mystery box could be anything. It could even be a boat. <laughs> it's like, Kyler Murray could be anything. He could even be Russell Wilson. Like, you or- already have Russell Wilson. Yeah. And and Kyler Murray, the other issue with Kyler Murray is Cliff Kingsbury's never been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. Right. He's never been a head coach in the NFL. And we saw it this week in the preseason where Kyler Murray's throwing out, uh, gets a safety in in the end zone because there's no hot reads in that, that offense. He went three for nine with 12 yards. And I don't even necessarily want to overvalue what goes on in the preseason because there have been guys who Deshaun Watson didn't do amazing in the preseason his first year, mm-hmm. and then he ended up being a good player in the real season. And I think the issue here is I'm more worried about Cliff Kingsbury because there was a when he went ahead and had that safety, there were no hot reads. Mm-hmm. There was nobody in there blocking. There was no extra backs in the block. There, it's kind of like a it was a spread sh- uh, uh, route, but it, all of them were doing deep routes. They didn't have anybody to throw to if he was getting blitzed. Mm-hmm. So it, I feel more worried about Kingsbury being a head coach than I do about Kyler Murray being in the NFL. All valid points. And you have anybody you're avoiding? Yeah, I, the red flag's a little harsh. I'm not going to say avoid him altogether. Yeah. And maybe this is because I'm biased. I'm sort of defending him while I'm shitting on him. But uh, I'm not going to draft Philip Lindsay. And I think, one, it has more to do with, I think Royce Freeman's really looking good. And he was looking good last year. I think he's a more complete runner. I mean, look. The size thing, it, it does matter a little bit, you know, in terms of durability and all this other stuff. I like Lindsey's mentality. I think he's still a top player. I just, I think there's other factors that make me want to look at other running backs. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of those is Freeman. You know what I mean? That Maybe he has the better year. We've seen that happen before where somebody who's supposed to be the guy and then, you know, the training camp battles, things just go a different way. The running back guy committee, they'll, they'll feed the hot hand. That's what mm-hmm. seems to be their offensive strategy as opposed to a true running back by committee where they're splitting time. They kind of just roll with whoever pops first. And in many cases, that might be Royce Freeman right off the bat. And in terms of goal line carries and all those things, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I, that that's the reason I'm a little cold on Philip Lindsay repeating what he did last year. Yeah, and I like that. They also have Theo Riddick in the mix. I think they've well, well hurt. Yeah, now. yeah, but but I just okay. I, I like that offensive line. They've added more to it, and they also got Mike Munchak, who is a big reason why the Steelers had a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. So I think I think there's a reason to like the Denver running backs, but to what you said they have Royce Freeman right you might get a step forward and if Royce Freeman's going two rounds later than Philip Lindsay why not take the guy who's going two rounds later yeah and take the cheaper guy right so uh, I totally agree with that um 
I think that wraps up this episode. Uh, if you want to check out the podcast, you can follow it at DraftVice on Twitter, at DraftVice underscore football on Instagram. You can follow Shane at the T-H-E-E underscore Shane underscore M-C-M on Instagram. Ricky, you, you, this is always happens every time. I'm dark. I go dark. Don't you, worry about it. You, you could send him a carrier pigeon. Yeah, you could try. You know, <laughs> send Paul Revere down the river, see if it gets to me. It might find him. And you follow me at Brojo Death Punch. It's B R O J O. Death is in the end of life. And punch. Yay. And uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, subscribe, uh, rate, leave a review, preferably five stars. Just, not, just a suggestion. And uh, if you're watching it on YouTube, like it, subscribe it, leave a comment. Maybe we'll read it. Maybe we'll read it on the air. We won't. We might. We absolutely can. We should. Good night. <laughs> When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about to pass. I'm about to puke.